Hello everybody, this is Paul Miller, and you're listening to the Tuna Town Talks podcast, located in Venice, Louisiana, the fishing capital of the world. Hello everybody, this is Captain Paul Miller, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Tuna Town Talks. Um, today I have good guests with me. His name's uh, is a good dive partner and longtime friend of mine. His name is uh, Jeff Aguilard. Is that how you say your last name? Aguilard? Aguilard, yeah. Aguilard. <laughs> Go ahead and say hey to everybody, Jeff. Hey, everybody. I'm Jeff. <laughs> glad, to be, glad to be here. Awesome, awesome, man. Well, before we get started, I would like to go ahead and um, I know I did it on the last show, but I'll do it on this one as well. Um, we're now being sponsored and fueled by Yellowfin Vodka. And so me and Jeff are down here in Venice right now when we're drinking a nice glass of yellowfin vodka and i think uh jeff's dabbling in a little bit of wine as well but uh i'm gonna have a shot of that i'm gonna have a shot of that vodka. yeah 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 you got you some well i think it yeah that's it right there isn't it yeah this is, this is wine oh that's wine okay oh, i'll pour you some right here i'll put you some in this glass right here cool yeah jameson's a good dude yeah you know him so yeah. so jameson took me a tour on this place is the guy that started making yellowfin vodka and uh i was introduced to him by by joey davis but i guess he's from over you guys' way man kind of by my way yeah yeah yeah. um i can't remember how i met the guy just he's he's always supported us you know us us divers with this uh yeah he dives as well which is really cool so you know that one uh one more thing i want all the listeners just while we're talking about the sponsorship uh, and sponsorships to come. I, I want to let all the listeners know that um, anytime I sponsor, I get a sponsor or anything like that, I'm trying to aim it towards products that I genuinely use and I really like. And I know, you know, the yellowfin vodka thing is something new and uh, it might not be as, as fishing related. I mean, it's very fishing related. <laughs> it's Alcohol fishing. and fishing go hand in hand. But in the long term of things, I do plan on, uh, you know, getting other sponsorships from fishing companies within the industry. And I just want everybody to know that my plan to do with that is to promote products that I like and use and I genuinely like. Um, I think that this is really important because you get a lot of misinformation and bad products that just get pushed through Facebook. So I'm going to do my best to try and promote products through sponsorships on here that I I genuinely think that everybody and all the listeners and all the fishermen should use. So I hope you guys take that into consideration whenever you you guys listen to the podcast. But um, with all that being done... um, we got Jeff today, man. What what we do today? We went we went out did did some fishing or we, some spear fishing. Uh, we we uh we got out there and got banged up a little bit <laughs> and dove in some dirty water. Yeah. The kind of water where you really don't know exactly what this fish is, but you recognize its um silhouette. You know? Yeah, exactly. A lot of like going down and just looking up into the light looking, looking up, for yeah. their shadows man yeah it was uh it it's, was a... it's always tested my uh breath hold uh, <laughs> blind drops blind drops get me man yeah yeah man it was a pretty cool day though me and jeff so me and jeff had planned this uh to do the dive in the podcast man, for a couple weeks now and uh we set out in the morning and uh it was nice this morning but we got out there it was kind of it was kind of bumpy but we ended up shooting some mangroves. Um, I saw a giant dog snapper, man. He came right up to me. 
turn yeah. broadside. I'll I'll have dreams about that fish. Definitely. I mean, he 15, 20 pounds, but that's haunt, definitely yeah. haunt, yeah. he said it on the boat. He's like, I, I got out the water and waited for a while to see if he'd come back and never saw him. But I did stick a, a nice twelve pound mangrove. That was beauty. Yeah, it was like awesome. this thing is a jewel, <laughs> a tournament winner. Yeah, <laughs> it was man. It was awesome. He was a jewel. Yeah, it was cool, man. Well, Jeff, and you remember, I thought this was cool. The water was so murky that there was these giant um, tarpons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> that was and crazy. So, I don't know how I left that so out. So you could hear them when the tarpon would freak out because he'd see you. He just woo. And so now I know what that noise is because I heard it a lot. And mm-hmm. You didn't see a thing, but then I did see like big tarpon. Yeah, just like freaking woo. <laughs> Dude, the amount of life at that rig was just crazy. I mean, I'm pretty yeah. sure I saw a 30 pound red snapper. I saw saw that dog snapper. I shot a 12 pound mangrove, yeah, and there's beast. tarpon all through the water column. Man, it's just, I it's crazy the, what this fishery down here has. Man, I saw some jackabells. Yeah, jack I saw some sheephead. They were around, mm-hmm. uh, but it was definitely hard to see. Yeah, it was. It was definitely. Really hard to see, but nonetheless, we got we got lunch. We came back, yeah. got Venice Marina to cook it up, and uh, man, it was good. We ate the throat of the big one and had some other stuff cooked up. So yeah, it was an awesome awesome day, man. And now we're kicking it off with a little conversation and some yellowfin <laughs> vodka. So, yeah. <laughs> but Jeff, um, man, I, I kind of want you know, Jeff. Jeff, how old are you? Just so we get a, if you don't um, mind me asking. Well, I think. I could be 55, but maybe 56. Uh, 55, 56. I was 56. born in 65. I'm not good with math. <laughs> and once you get this age, you just forget about what age. You know? <laughs> I have. I don't. It doesn't matter. No doubt. Man, so uh, when did you get into diving, and how did all that come to be? Hmm. Well, first I started scuba. Started scuba diving in the 80s. Got certified in the late 80s. What made you go get certified? You know, I think. I want to say it was a gift. Somebody got me a gift to go get, to go start, you know, getting certified or whatever. And so I went and got certified, started diving, met some guys with boats, and we started spearfishing immediately, you know. Mm-hmm. I didn't really, I mean, it's awesome to go swim around and look at stuff, but I wanted to, I wanted to hunt fish. I mean, this is Louisiana, right? Yeah, We're here right, to kill shit. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. So I started spearing right away. And then, uh, you know, I speared on until vet school came along. And then that kind of blocked, knocked me out of commission for about four years or so. Right. So you're you're a veterinarian by trade, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, nice. I'm, I'm, I mostly do large animals, uh, horses, cows, that kind of thing. That's awesome, man. It's, a, it's not boring. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, vet school put a kink in my diving for a while because you don't get to go diving in vet school yeah they don't have that anyway when i got back when i got out of vet school a buddy of mine that we were uh in vet school together he lived 30 minutes away from me he bought a boat and we started going and we didn't know a thing about it (laughs) we weren't catching many fish he didn't dive he didn't dive at all and so I thought, well, it's going to be dangerous for me to scuba dive alone, so I can't do that. Right. How about if I just float around with a spear gun with my BC on? And so that's where I started. That's how I started. 
floating on the top of the water, shooting fish. I, I'd make kind of a mag dash scramble to dive, you know, with this BC mm-hmm. on. And it can be done. It's difficult, but you can do it. And you get down a little ways, maybe eight, ten feet, maybe, and bam, you can shoot a mangrove. Back then, yeah. they were tame. Yeah, they were tame. They were everywhere, then. and they were tame. So that's how I started. And eventually, I think I ditched the BC because it became <laughs> too much of a hindrance. I don't even know why you would start with one. Well, because <laughs> you didn't want to drown. I right? didn't know what I was right. doing at you all. I had no idea. I had no right. clue. Yeah. <laughs> so I shot. I would. I would smoke the mangroves always because they were so tame. They mm-hmm. didn't care. Yeah. You could wail on them. Especially out west where you guys are from. Yeah. Right yeah. I would normally get average by myself 13 mangroves. Wow. You know, just pecking at them. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then the ling. Dude, I shot some awesome ling back then. Really? Some big ones? Big ling. What's the biggest one you ever got? I got some pictures of them that are... You know, we didn't weigh things back then. I I don't know how big way they are, but I can estimate now that mm-hmm. I know these are in the eighties. Wow. Those are some giants. Giants. I've never got one that's eighty pounds. Giants. It's crazy. And they were everywhere because and I think one of the reasons why we would see so many is because we wouldn't pass them up. My my friend was kind of afraid to go far, you know, and pass fifty miles as far for him. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of good laying around, close. Water's a little murky, but you can see. Right, you can get it done. Better right? than today. <laughs> yeah, so I shot some awesome ling, and um, that's where I started. And and then one day someone mentioned, well, I was telling them what I was doing, and, and they said, well, you're free diving. And I was like, what? So I, I looked that up, and then I said, Oh, I'm doing it wrong. I'm doing it all wrong. And so uh, other buddies came into play that would spear with me, and we all decided to take a class. So we went to Catalina Island, took a bitchin' ass class, man. We had a blast. Really? Out yeah. in California, huh? Yeah, it was out in Cali. Wow. My sister was living out there, so I went, flew down there. What year was that? Do you know? Shoot, this was like nine years, ten years ago, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. 2010, Long enough for me to forget a lot of shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, so anyway, we, we had such a good time diving in that cold water, and it was really pretty clear, you know, mm-hmm. not muddy at all, and, and, and the seaweed, you know, the seaweed stuff. And then I think we saw a seal, and uh, back then there was no class one and class two or whatever. We... We started diving like we had some class time, classroom time, you know, where you learn, mm-hmm. where you learn what you're capable of right, in right. a book. And then you get out there and he, you start learning in the water. And what he does is they set up different distances, like 40 feet. Let's everybody dive down to 40 feet, you know, get comfortable with that. And then he moves it to 60 and then 80. And then eventually a hundred. I made it to a hundred. I think, I think three people in our class made it to a hundred. Wow! But it's not about. I mean, I'm just happy I made it to a hundred. That's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I don't guess it's about making a hundred. It's about making for what some you people. Can do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's making. It's about making I, what you 
what you wanted, what you, yeah. you're going to impress yourself. Yeah. I, I guarantee you. I think, I think I tell everybody to go take a class whenever Absolutely. they, you know, they get into free diving or whatever. And Absolutely. I don't think it's about going deep. It's about getting to where you're comfortable and comfortable. being comfortable there, you know, cause right. you, you want to, you know, you want to know, like if you're just now getting into free diving, um, you're not going to have a good idea as to what your limits might be. Um, right. But if you somebody takes you and you go down deeper and you, you see what your limit actually is or, you know, what they're telling you or they, they at least the, you, you explore that a little bit more. So, you, yeah, you know where your comfort zone is. You're, yeah. I think what free diving does, it definitely shows you exactly who you are. Yeah. And sometimes you're different people at different times. Yeah, you know? it definitely does, man. It makes you... Uh, it makes you aware of yeah, what it, you're capable of. Kind of like who you are. What, what are you yeah. are, you know? It teaches you a lot about your body. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. What you, what you can do with your body. That's why cool. I kind of free dive more now than scuba. Because I just started... You know, I've seen some wrecks in scuba. Some of it was gear. And so I just started thinking, uh, maybe my body's more reliable than scuba gear. Yeah. So, you know, I, I just free dive more. But it is fun to shoot those big giant groupers on the bottom like at <laughs> two hundred. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I strap on it. a I strap on a tank a couple times a year whenever I go out with my dad and I, I still enjoy it, man. Yeah. Just going down looking at everything you can actually go you know, down real deep if you want yeah. and check out, you know. I haven't given it enough. Gaze and in, gaze into the rig legs for a little while. Pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, man. So when, when did we meet? We met at the. Uh, I think I met you for the first time at the at the Blue Wild. Maybe so. Maybe yeah. I think I think it was man. You were with Austin Powell, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Austin Powell and probably so. That was a good time. That's a good trip. That yeah, Blue the trip. Blue Wild trip, man. I'd COVID like to go kinda, back to that. Covid kind of smashed it. Yeah, Covid definitely did smash but, that. Yeah, it was the first time that I actually got to meet guys that were like rock and rolling with this free diving, you know. Yeah. First time I got to see these guys that were just beast underwater. Yeah. Cameron, one of them. Yeah, yeah. There was a, the Blue Wild was really cool, man, and definitely opened my eyes a lot. I think I, I think actually I think I've only made one of those, but man, that was really cool because I remember following that. You know, I started doing a lot trying to do some traveling for spear fishing and yeah that kind of thing i met i met sean Haskup, which yeah you know, he was the guide in costa rica yeah. and I, i've been down and seen him three four times yeah now. i got to go to i gotta go to see him no costa you rica. should man like he he's, he's got that place figured out i mean yeah shout out to sean Haskup, man he's he's, yeah, he's put me on some awesome fish for sure he's a good dude i met him down there same time i met you and it's i don't know man that it's just cool because you still know a lot of those same people, and yeah, you see them on yeah. you see them on social media, right? So right. I don't know. You feel like you're still best friends, you know? <laughs> yeah, man. So uh, Jeff, tell us um, maybe a couple stories you might want to share, man, about diving or free diving. Or it doesn't have to be. It's gonna be on the, on the water, whatever you, whatever you want, whatever you want to talk about. Uh, I'm gonna tell. I want to tell a story when I was extremely afraid. This is a scuba story. Scuba story. Yeah. This is a scuba story. Um. So. I don't know how far we're out. 
75, 80, you know, out of Cameron. Mm-hmm. Cameron, Louisiana, right? Yeah, yeah. Good water. Um, me and Brian LaFosse, my good, my good dive partner, we were on scuba and we were going down, you know, to find some grouper. I want to say this rig is probably two, two, two fifty. I don't know, something like that. So we're scubing, and you know how when you dive and your scuba guy, your scuba friend is with you, but somehow you lose eye contact with the person. You know he's right there because you can see his action, but he can't. You can't actually see. Him. Right. Well, right. that happens. That happens all the time. So that's how it was, and I shoot this giant scamp. I want to say this was like a, almost a 40-pound scamp. Wow. But I didn't kill him. And he went like blitzo, like they do. And I was down at around, I, I must have was like 100, you know. And so I shoot him, and he's fighting so bad. And I'm trying to grab hold of him and do what I need to do. And I start, I guess, drifting up, and I got caught in the current. No, oh, no. That current took me so far, so fast. By the time I got control of the fish, maintained my, I didn't want to go up. I was trying not to go up, but what I should have did was go back down and go back to the rig, but I don't know, I got confused maybe. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I finally floated long enough to where I can now surface. I surface and I'm like, I can see the boat, but it's pretty far. It's like barely over there. Yeah, I can see it, but it's pretty far. Well, I didn't, I wasn't that concerned. I just started swimming, you know. I had some air in my BC. I had a little bit of air in my tank, but not that much. Yeah. So I started swimming. So so f just for the listeners to kind of explain what, what happened is we have a lot of wind-driven current a lot of times, and you have layers to it. So a lot of times there's like no current underneath, like at, you know, yeah. 50 foot yeah but right there on this on the surface there's a lot of current so what happened when he's coming up he got caught in the current got way away from the boat. way away from the boat right right um so you know i said i'm just gonna swim to the boat and so i'm just plowing you know plowing swimming swimming hard and i swim for like i don't know five minutes and then i look up come up i think i'm farther away and so I really start swimming hard, really trying, really you know, digging right? nowhere. And I can, you know, you can, you know, you can tell I'm, I, this is not working. And so now I'm screwed. I'm just floating. <laughs> I'm keep floating farther, farther away. It's a fast current. Um, I have a, my, my wand is on my shoulder and I got this big scamp floating around and I keep looking down and just what you might think three huge sharks all swimming in a big circle all under me and i'm like come on man and so i look down and one of them is coming straight up straight at straight you straight up you know straight looking straight up at you i'm like you gotta be kidding me I'm, i dive with my gun and jab him away and and now i'm tired i'm, I'm getting wore out and i don't even care about the sharks anymore did you so, give them the fish no, I held on. I held, held on, on to it. And um, I start hollering. You know, you holler. But you can't holler when you're in the water because waves are coming and they're going to go in your mouth and you yeah. drown. <laughs> and so it's really hard to breathe and holler. But I did. I hollered till I can't holler anymore. They never heard a sound. So 
I took my fins off and I started slapping them on the water. You know, it makes a big loud slapping noise. Probably attract sharks, but they didn't hear that. I got tired of doing it. I got tired of it. And so I said, I'm just going to hold my fin up and catch some sunshine and shine. Right. And I started doing that. All the while, I'm floating farther and farther away. And I'm getting so hot. I'm like so hot. I wanted to take my suit off, but I knew I knew if I took that PC off, I'd go straight to the bottom. So I just kept burning up, wearing it, and um, kept shining, kept shining uh, with my fin until I'm so tired I can't hold up my fin. I can't hold up my fin. So how long are we talking? I let go of my gun. I let go of the fish. Oh, yeah. I'm done. I can't do anymore. And so you start... I don't know. You think about things, and you're like, "Well, maybe I should have did this." Uh, you know, uh, there's there's nothing you can do. There's no more bargaining. Right. You can't bargain your way out of this. Mm-hmm. So, on the boat, they're catching like snapper on a riding reel and throwing some small ones over. Well, some of them I see them floating past me, you know, because I'm on the same current line. Well, one of the guys kept looking at the snapper and my slapping. He thought was a shark trying to eat those snapper. So anyway, it caught his attention. And then eventually he saw a flash of my fin. And they hauled ass over there and got me. Pulled me out of the water and I just couldn't move. I couldn't do I couldn't even speak. They took all my gear off, put me in some ice to cool me off. And the first thing I could say was, let's go get my gun. <laughs> and they were like, man, your gun is gone. I said, no, let's just go back over there and look. Let's just go over there. And uh, so we, we, they rolled back over there. Bam, found my gun and the fish. Wow, it was floating? Floating by. We snagged it. Wow. But. How long were you floating for? Ah. Uh, a couple of hours, man. A couple of hours? A couple of hours. Golly. That's never happened to me. Thank God. Knock on wood. No, you think about that dude that that we know that I was in the hell divers that that happened to got lost. You got lost, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it freaked me out, and so that's when I really started backing off on the scuba. Mm. You know, I started free diving. It's a totally more. different thing altogether, man. The way yeah. you plan your dive, the way you you got to be more aware. Yeah, yeah. you got to plan. I mean, the timing is what I think is so grossly different whenever it comes to diving and, and free diving. Because it's like, you know, with free diving, you got, you literally got like f- four minutes or five minutes from the time that you see your buddy go down. Yeah. You got like, if if you don't see your buddy in three minutes, something's wrong. And if you don't see him in five minutes, he could be dead. If you don't see him after 10 minutes... He's probably dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's that's what's that's what's so different. But then with like diving, I mean, you could be down as long as an hour, you know. And yeah, there's a lot of things that can go go wrong in that hour, you yeah. know. You shot many pelagics. Pelagics. Like tuna, water. Tuna. Shot several tuna. Really? I, I shot some wehoo. Some wehoo. I never landed a true wahoo. They've always gotten away from me. Yeah. Always tore man, off. Man, I tell you, man, those things, they will keep you running. <laughs> yeah, and I've missed. I've missed. You know, 
I, some, I don't know what it is about shooting big pelagics. Big old giant tuna. I've missed, I don't know how many of them. Really? Shaft would go right over. Because probably, I guess, I'm aiming with my bands instead of the shaft, you know? Yeah. So Sometimes takes, I think a lot of that has to do with, like, I don't know, not being used to your gun. Yeah, you got to get used to your gun. Exactly. Yeah, and blue water. Yeah. And blue water, because it's, 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 you don't have nothing to go by. Yeah. You know, not be a, a lot of times, you know, distance. people use their other gun all the time, and then all of a sudden you're yeah. throwing a, you know, yeah. a three or four band, you know, with the giant shaft on it. It's, it's just it's a, a different change. It's just a change for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's like going from shooting a 22 to a 300 Magnum, you know. Yeah. You're not going to shoot as good. Right. Exactly. So, how, how many tunas have you shot? I don't know, four or five. Four or five. Things. Really? What's your biggest one? With the spear, 156, I think he was. He was heavier than me, and I was pretty light at that time. That's amazing. He was heavier than me, and it was a, it was a I don't know, it was like a dream. <laughs> he came up right behind me. Like, I'm, I'm in the water behind the motors, you know, and mm-hmm. Brian's on, on board, and he's like hollering at me telling me there's one right in front of me you he know. saw it yeah he saw it and so i turn around i don't see anything because you know how they are They're, yeah and so then i turn back around and he's right there right in front of me like right, right there. there and so i just kind of made a hip shot i think made a hip shot I, that's yeah it I wasn't you weren't like fully extended. i wasn't fully ready yeah. and i always i shoot from the shoulder mm-hmm. like a shotgun mm-hmm. it's kind of weird but mm-hmm. I shot from the hip and I hit him good. You know, didn't stone him, but I hit him good. Like he all took the off. way in the meat, like by the peck yeah. finger. Yeah, right. Hit him good. It hurt him. <laughs> and he took off. And this part, you know, I would say was probably one of the hardest things that I've ever done. You're tired. Even diving, trying diving to get the all shot. Day, right. Trying to get this, you know, trying to get a tuna. You finally put your arrow you know, shaft through one, he takes off to the bottom, and you're you're trying to control your heart rate, which is impossible, and you're trying to breathe like a train, trying to calm yourself down. I know I do. I, it's hard. It's hard to calm yourself down because now you got to go kill this thing. You know, he's at the end of your bungee, mm-hmm. bouncing around, yeah. and you got to go end it. So that was one of the hardest things I I think because I I knew there is nobody here that is going to do this for me. I got to go do this. Yeah. So I dove down. You know, and I, I dove down with my 55 long and so I'm trying to get a beat on him. I'm trying to get a second get a, shot. A second right? kill shot, you know, cuz he's still alive, very alive. Well, I swear I shoot at his dome and it bounces off. It went boink bounce right off. Wow. I came up discouraged, reloaded, breathed up again. I don't know how many times I did that because well, I don't know how many times I dove down there because when I dived down there he'd see me and he'd go take off, you know. Yeah, he'd run a little bit. Yeah, run. And so eventually I guess maybe he got tired. One time I dove down and I said this is it, I'm going. And so I dove and he took off and we got into the black. You know, it was awful dark down there. And I shot and blood just went <laughs> like, yeah, got him. <laughs> yes. Did so, he kill him or? Did no, he... it smoked him. It that was it. That was it. That was it. Nice. So I came up with him, and there's just nothing like that feeling. Nothing. 
nothing. <laughs> in my years, 55 or 56 years, nothing touches that. Yeah. And that's what it's all about, man. You put a lot of hard work into getting one one, one fish, fish yeah. you know, man, that's... You know, sometimes it's incredibly hard like that, and other times it was easy. Like, yeah. it was almost like... Too damn, easy, right? Too easy. Yeah. yeah. It's just your situation, and it changes. And You know, I've hunted I've hunted for tuna all week and not pulled the trigger. Couldn't get on them, couldn't do it, you know? Mm -hmm. Just... And that's the thing. If you want to shoot a yellowfin... Don't shoot no cobia. Yeah, don't shoot don't no shoot big nothing. king. You yeah. gotta shoot a, a yeah. tuna. It's true, man. That's just like a lot of different things when it comes to fishing or diving. If you, you know, if you're gonna be, if you're going to shoot wahoo, well, stick with it. Shoot a wahoo. Shoot a wahoo. Don't That's, shoot a don't big. Shoot, yeah. Yeah. You know, rainbow runner. Yeah. I mean, I you know I've been on trips where you know you try to make it half this, half that. We're gonna hunt the reef for part of the day, but yeah, like if you really want to. If you really want to get them, I mean, you just got to say, screw everything else. And, you know, we're going to shoot tuna. We're going to shoot, you know, whatever it is. The fishing's the same way. If you're going tarpon fishing, you can't spend half the day chasing redfish and then the half the day yeah, yeah, yeah. chasing tarpon. Right. You got to go chase right. tarpon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's, a, that's an awesome story, man. I've only shot one yellowfin down here, you know, and I've been a handful of times and it doesn't work out. But yeah. I, I, I think that's what's very weird about, like, whenever fishermen view divers, a lot of times they, you know, like, with triple tail or mangroves, you know, like, oh, that's so easy, anybody could do it. Yeah, it's not. It's <laughs> yeah, not. I've, I've heard, I've heard, it depends on I've heard captains down here say the same thing about people shooting tunas at certain times whenever uh, they're, yeah. you know, doing whatever. I would. But it's like... I don't know. It's like, yeah, sometimes it's that easy, but sometimes it's that easy to catch them on a hook and line too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes it's way easier. You could catch way more on a hook and line than, than we could ever shoot, you know? Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. It's, it's situational, but I think it just comes back to like being respectful and knowing what you're doing, you know, for sure. Absolutely. Knowing what you're doing. Yeah. If you didn't know what you're doing, you go out there to shoot too now. <laughs> something bad's gonna happen to oh you. man that's tough man but how do you get to the point where you know what you're doing <laughs> exactly this you gotta just keep after I, it yeah yeah keep after it persistence persistence for sure yeah um well man um what else what else you wanna talk about you got uh you got any like any other stories well, that you really oh I got have you have you ever had that nitrogen narcosis? Yeah, multiple times. Multiple times, yeah. You get through it. Yeah. Well, one time I'm on a rig, we're diving, and um, so I got this. Uh, my my wong is my meat gun. That's what I use. You know, mm -hmm. it, it. I I just like the way it shoots. Right. So I sh I guess I'm about. 80 feet, and I shoot, I'm on scuba, and I shoot a big old amajack. Well, I didn't quite stone him. Actually, I didn't quite even hit him good. It, the shaft went through the skin and the meat on the top of his skull. Like, it really didn't even hit his head. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, well, right. So it shocked him for that second, and I'm, I kind of pull him up, and when I grab onto the shaft, he goes nuts starts twisting you know mm -hmm. well the shaft immediately rips out 
but I had my hands in his gills. And so in the fight, you know, this is a big fish. In the, in the fight, somehow I dropped my spear shaft. And so I look down and I can see my gun going, you know, down to the bottom, which was two plus. Right. So I was like, all right, I'm not going to freak out. I'm going to come up with my fish and I guess I just lost my gun. So I come up, bring the fish up there, and um, we had been diving all day. I, I'm not kidding you. We must have made, I don't know, we probably had about 12, a dozen, 15 tanks on board, and not with a lot of people. So I, I look over at the tanks. There's one tank left, and everybody's beat, and I'm tired, but I got to go look. I got to go down there and look for my gun. So I strap on this tank. I asked the guys on the rig. I said, "How deep is it?" They're like, "It's 200." Right. I said, "All right, I, I, I can. I'm gonna handle this." I, I dived down by myself through all this metal, like, like you know how sometimes on the bottom of a rig there's this scaffolding, and yeah, this ladders, and mm -hmm. shit, all yeah, kinds all of kind bullshit. bullshit right? Well, that's kind of I, when I had marked. I marked that spot. I knew that that's where I left it. I dropped. So I found that spot that twisted all metal and I kept going deeper and deeper and man, giant fish are swimming right in my face. Is it so dark, huh? Yeah, it's pitch black dark, but they're shiny and they're just swimming right in front of me. Well, I can't look at them. Can't look at them because I'm looking for my gun, you know? And all, that nitrogen narcosis hits and then just start kind of, you just start feeling like you're extremely comfortable with being here. Like, it's going to be okay if I were, let's say if I were to die right here, it's going to be all right. Yeah. That's what it feels like. It's really, that's, uh, that's. You feel comfortable. You feel like. It's pretty crazy how comfortable you yeah, feel. Yeah, very. It's like you're drunk and kind of. Yeah, kind of, like, yeah. It's well, very strange. So I'm kind of struggling through this, and, and I'm swimming right above the Merc which the rig was like two something and I'm right above this Merc level swimming around, you know, just kind of not even know what I'm doing anymore. And I see the very tip of that Wong floating through the Merc, you know, <laughs> the, the shaft had stabbed the shaft into the ground and then it, yeah. it's floating up from the cable. And so I pounced on that thing, loaded it, Bam, shot the first big old AJ, you know, big 70, 75 pounder. Holy shit. Loaded it up again. Bam, shot the next big 70 pounder. So I come up, all these rig guys are looking at me. Wait a minute, you went down there with nothing and you come back with all these fish. <laughs> they were tripping. A gun and kind all of the a fish. Wow. I don't know, it was just a scary. That was a, that's that's a one scary of the times story, I felt, felt alone. Yeah. You know when you want to feel alone? Go to the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'll make you feel real alone, really. Really easily for sure, but it's peaceful. Don't worry about it. You'll be all right. <laughs> When's the last time you went down that deep? Two hundred. Ah, oh, that's been. It's probably been over a year, I guess. Really? It's been that deep? You know, they taught us to go a hundred. And if you, if I had to go rescue a person, I'm gonna go down a hundred. But I don't want to go down a hundred. <laughs> really, yeah. you know. I don't want to have to do that. Yeah. Man, I kind of had my day with that at a young age. I mean, we were diving our whole whatever, and 
You always yeah. want to go deeper and deeper until you do it, and then it's like, yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. I mean, I everybody's mean, a little different. Some I people, just some people get off on that stuff, man. It's strange, right. but <laughs> I, I don't find fish at a hundred that I could have found at fifty, sixty, seventy. Usually. Right. Usually. Right. Usually. Um, but that's what I'm more worried about. My fifty my fifty foot dive, my fifty foot time. Okay, your time my you can spend at fifty or sixty foot. Hold. That's right. what's you know, that's what's starting to what I find is starting to slack on me. Because we just don't get the time in the water and surely the hurricanes didn't help, COVID didn't help, you know. A lot of people in my area just don't go no more. Yeah, man. Like, that's something I definitely wanted to talk about on the podcast is, I don't know, man. To me, it seemed like there was, like, I don't know what it was, but it seemed like in my lifetime, it was, like, all that stuff got real popular around here, and and then it just died out almost completely, it seems like. And there's just not, there's not as much activity with diving anymore as... As to what it seems to me. I mean, I don't know if it's just me because I'm so deep in the fishing community, but it seems like we got way more fishermen and way more fishermen every year, but we're we're not seeing the the diving growth for whatever reason. I agree. And it may be like like you said earlier about the mentality we have nowadays of safety. You know, you always want to be safe and and it's kind of pushed. Yeah, on our society. Yeah, and a lot of people, you know, safety. You ask them if they've ever been, you know, you dive ever, and like, oh, we used to, you know. Yeah, you hear that all. We used to, you know. And I, I don't know. What happened? Yeah, what happened? Why did you stop? And almost always, it's some kind of incident that happened, or or they had kids and they Mm -hmm. stopped diving. The incidents like kids. Yeah, exactly. That happens uh, to a lot of. Man, I, I don't know. I grew up diving, and I'm going to continue to dive. But I don't know if I start having kids, if things if will change. change. Yeah, who knows? You don't, you don't know. Who you don't knows? know, right? You you don't don't know. People change. You don't don't really know. I hope not, man. I hope I, I hope that I, you know, can get my, you know, kid to dive as much as we did whenever we were young and all that kind of good jazz, you know? Like, it's it's there's something to like divers i mean like you know earlier today we were passing a balloon and we you know we stopped and we picked it up and i mean you don't see it's just about being like in uh, appreciation for the environment around you and i feel like divers have a lot more of that sometimes I would agree. I would agree. certain fishermen but i feel like a lot of divers are more like that i mean they're more, they're more aware yeah yeah I, I think the ones i know are right you know Definitely. I mean, but there's also a different side to that because, I mean, like the hell divers, I hate to call people out, but like a lot of the types of rodeos and stuff that they've had down here in Louisiana for a long time, it's just kind of like a a kill everything mentality. But that's not really the mentality behind like, you know, the free divers, like the Hawaiian free diver, you know, they're all about yeah, sustainability, you know, shoot you know, one fish yeah. and go home type of thing. You and, you know. know, I've been guilty of that. Uh, like I said, uh, I don't eat barracuda, but I'll shoot one for a tournament. Well, where's the logic in that? Yeah. What's the point? Right? <laughs> What's the point? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, you know, I hate, you hate to, I hate to say things whenever I did that. 
Yeah, no, man. There's, but there's, you know, I've done a lot of things that I probably wouldn't necessarily agree with now. I did that. You know what I mean? Um, so, I think so it's now, about going forward and learning. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. And dude, and I'm not even gonna sit sit here and say that we don't need to kill any barracuda because let me tell you, there's a lot of them out there. <laughs> there is. Maybe we need to kill a little bit. Maybe of them. we should shoot. But it's just there's a side of me that's just you don't you know you you kill what you need and you, yeah. you leave the rest out there. You don't yeah. just you know when you come to a, a hell divers rodeo and they got you know twenty tarpon laying on the deck and lots of meat. It doesn't it doesn't paint a good image for the divers down here either because you got a bunch of people coming from South Florida and stuff. They're seeing all these dead tarpon and you got all these divers and it's like and I know the the hell divers don't care. That's the reputation they painted for mm-hmm. a long time. Sea tigers too. But that's that's their deal and that's what they want to do. Um man, I hope I hope they move forward in the in the future. Kind of yeah. get out of that. Give I'll, divers a good name again. <laughs> I, hope, I hope they uh, just change the things and make it yeah. less of a, a, you know, a kill. Yeah. A kill. I think you need, like, more, like, like, just do, like, individual species. You know what I mean? Like, biggest grouper or biggest yeah. snapper. Or, yeah, you can definitely tweak the, the board. Yeah, narrow it down so tweak people actually have to hunt a certain species or that's, you know, that's something like that. That's a step in the direction. Tweak the board. To where it's yeah, more to where you're not bringing in you know thirty Jack Revelle every yeah. tournament. Because <laughs> yeah. honestly, like I don't see, even want to do that. <laughs> who, who wants to see thirty dead Jack Revelle? <laughs> I don't even. I don't. You know what? I don't ever think I've. I may have shot one, maybe one Jack Revelle in my life, and that's when I was a beginner and didn't even know. Probably thought it was a yellow tail, you know. Yeah, but. I stay away from those uh, things. Exactly. <laughs> At all costs. <laughs> At all costs. They're going to either mean, wreck I, your gear. I tech, I mean, or... I, I catch them all the time. I love catching them with yeah. clients. Oh, yeah, they, yeah. They love it. You know what I mean? They GTs eat top water to... and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, for diving, I mean, you can't eat it. You know, you don't You don't typically shoot it. <laughs> I, I <laughs> At least whenever you, I'm diving. I guess diving, you could you know? eat it, but I haven't found anybody that eats it. Yeah. You know, another thing that I thought was very strange in one of the Sea Tigers tournaments, I heard that, and I had a full conversation with one of them about it, but you can't, you like, the fish doesn't count if you shoot them with the float line. It only yeah. counts. Right, right. There's a there's with that the rule. There's a rule. Is that not the dumbest? Well, there's a rule, like, I want to say it's the difference between skin diving and something else, maybe. If you yeah. use a float line, yeah. It doesn't make any sense because, like, a float line is safer, right? Definitely, it's a hundred percent safer. Like, I can't tell you how many times that I've so roared, tangled we're, up rules. We're rewarding unsafety. Yeah, we're so like, <laughs> like whenever I heard that, I was like, man, this stuff is just so old. Y'all just need to like, yeah, like that. I mean, like, I get the way that the hell diver rodeos were probably awesome. Like back in the seventies and eighties, whenever these people were just now starting to dive and they're going out there and they got, you know, these boats that can finally get to these places and they're bringing in giant stingrays and sharks and all this stuff. I mean, man, people have never seen anything like that. And they give you a big old attaboy, but like, it's not like that anymore. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not like that anymore. So I don't know, maybe they'll update the times. I'm sure I'll, I'll hear something from some of them, but. If any of them listening out there, like I mean all well, and I'd be glad to have a conversation with any one of y'all. 
Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like I'm not mad. I'm not mad at him. Like yeah. I mean, this is just the way it's been done. Like yeah. I don't agree with it. Like not mad at anybody. I'm not mad at him. It's just I don't know if I'm gonna talk about it. That's why I don't do those tournaments. That's why I don't, you know, do those things. <laughs> They're stressful. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. You know, the biggest stress, here's the whole the biggest stress. It's not I'm worried about a shark. It's not that I'm worried about drowning. It's not that I'm worried about, ooh, the water's too dark and spooky. It's the failure to meet expectations. Right. Yeah. I didn't do as good as I wanted to do. That's what kills me. Yeah, you know, yeah. kind of beat yourself up about like, damn man, if I could only go deeper, or if I could only hold my breath longer, mm-hmm. I could shoot bigger fish. But this it goes back to the thing I always say, man, is your your trip is predeter- predetermined by your expectations. Yeah, you said that. Yeah. yeah. So if you go in wanting to crush it and that, and you know, be the top leading board name. There's a pretty good chance that you're not going to be that happy. <laughs> you know, what, you know what, what I've always done. Unless about, you're really good. And I imagine my 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 uh, spearing friends talk about me. I always sleep on the way out. Like I'm talking about sleep. Like all the way like, out. I'm out the whole way. Like when they slow down the motors and we're there, I wake up. <laughs> and so I miss out on a lot of conversation, but. You got to admit that conversation is hard to have. It's windy, yeah. and I can't hear shit anyway. So <laughs> I, I got to read lips, and if yeah. I can't see your lips, I'm not going to hear you. So I just sit out. You just sit out. You for, know, I can't for the ride so I can't out. Can't hear anyway. So, well, well, another thing I like to do is meditate on the way out. Really? Yes. Did you do that today? Lot. I didn't do it today. You didn't. But oh well, you know, in my I own was th- way. I was I was think I was think I mean your your glasses flew off early this morning, yeah, and so I thought you just like had your head down just because <laughs> I couldn't tell if you were asleep meditating or blocking well, the sun. Well, so sometimes I'll assume the position, you know, getting the 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 manager position or whatever, mm-hmm. leg cross, and I'll actually meditate like that, uh, especially in, at tournaments, and it helps helps me. Really? I do better. I think hmm. I do. I, I'll meditate. Well, today I'm just sitting there with my head down, meditating in a different way. Yeah. You know, in a different way. In a different way. It helps. I need it. Somebody is. I think somebody just bought me a book on meditation. I need to definitely try it. Out. The, really, definitely recommend try it. it. I Dude, everybody that meditates, they always talk so talk about much about it, and they they you really do, do yoga too. Yeah, you do yoga. Yeah, helps really? with your uh, helps with your diving. Uh, I'm sure it does, yeah. Yeah. My daughter teaches it. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Isn't that crazy? Teaches yoga now. Teaches yoga. That's pretty cool. That's uh, it's one of those things, man. I just, I don't know how I'll ever make time for yoga. <laughs> barely got enough time to <laughs> no, you got You fish. get up in the morning, it's your routine, you know? Yeah, you, you got to make it morning, into your routine, right? Yeah, you got to factor it in. You get up in the morning, this is what I do when I get up. And, it doesn't take long. Yeah. You just do a few things. Yeah. Five minutes, you're done. Really? Yeah. Five minutes. Help set your day. Yeah. Hmm. I've told other guys about it, other hunting partners. Might have to take your advice on this, Jeff. And they, and they, and they try it, and they are believers. They stuck <laughs> with it. Yeah. I'm trying to think where I should do my yoga in Venice uh, right now. You look like- <laughs> <laughs> Dude, could you imagine the people just like getting their boat in the morning and they see me out there on the dock doing yoga before the t- 
<laughs> Do it in the back bedroom of your table, man. <laughs> that would be so funny. Yeah, you'd get on the news. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure I'm already get made fun of enough down here. That's the last thing I need. <laughs> man, um, come on, you got another story for us? Oh, yeah, well, you know who started us? The, the, tuna, so, the tuna hunt. The tuna hunt was really built on a group of my friends that had a birthday on on the day when tuna were really hot, you know. Uh huh. And so we'd come down and uh, hang out. Wait, so y'all, there was like a group of y'all, and y'all had the same birthday. No, one group, one dude in our group, he had a birthday, but we all dove together. Oh, okay. You know? And like one guy was staying in Hawaii half the time, Arkansas on the other half, and he'd come down. We, it was a big plan thing. That was thing. Whit, huh? Yeah, Whit, Whit Carden. Yeah. It was a planned thing. We'd come down here all together, meet up, Blade Henry, Dustin Landry, you know, other guys, and 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 go tuna with, with uh, Brett, Brett Ryan. Mm-hmm. Not as customers, all as friends. Right. You know, and we blasted up for like, Three or four days tuna hunting. Wow. And so. And that's how, what, what do you guys call your club thing? Oh, the Southern Stoners? Yeah, Southern Stoners. Southern Stoners is a. Is that, that was like you guys that started. It was a different thing. kind of a deal that started back in Lake Charles. Oh, okay. Like, I had a good friend named Mike Reed. Yeah. And he drowned. Well, we dove together, me, him, and a bunch of other guys. Always, you know, always this group of guys. And so. We, me and Mike talked about forming a club, and mm-hmm. and I said we should call ourselves the Southern Stoners, you know, not because we smoking weed all the time, but because when you stone a fish, it's like yeah, heaven. Yeah, know, exactly. Done. Right. So, so he toyed around with it and made a little emblem thing, and then the accident happened. Yeah. And so. That's pretty crazy. I don't know how much you want to get into that story, but I was actually on the water that day, and I remember hearing the stuff as we were coming in. We actually broke down that day. We were coming in on one engine, and I remember as we were getting reception, we started hearing the news about what happened. But, man, that's a tragic, pretty tragic uh, event there. I know he was with uh, Rock, Lewis Ross. Yeah, Yeah. Rock has done more than one recovery, I think. I think three. I don't know how the guy handles it. I think three. Yeah. I don't know how he handles it. Yeah. So, you know, now when we're diving, I think that's all in the back of our minds. We've lost, and you know, I know other people that have died here. We, we've lost friends here. And whenever your family finds out about all these stories, they don't, you know, they support what you do, but they don't really want to encourage you now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, they don't, don't want to see anything. Right. Happen. They don't want to see you die. Yeah. And, you know, uh... I definitely don't want to have to ride home with someone and tell their parents they drowned. Oh, dude, I have no idea what that would feel like. But imagine yeah. riding. I just can't even imagine riding home without somebody. Else. Yeah, yeah, me neither. I can't, I can't imagine that. That would trip me out bad. Ooh, son. <laughs> well, so what are we supposed to do? Sit on our couch? Yeah. Hell no. I'm getting out there. I'm yeah. diving. I heard a story one time. Um was actually when I was taking a free diving class. But, you know, they were talking about how you don't, like if somebody else is hurt, don't put yourself in danger, which is very 
a very hard call to make sometimes, mm -hmm. but pretty crazy story. I think these people were in Africa somewhere diving. There was four people. One guy goes down, blacks out at depth. Other guy goes down, tries to save him. He blacks out. Third guy goes down. Something happened to him, too. The fourth guy decided that it wasn't worth it, and Survive. he went home. Wow. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? That's crazy. But it's like, <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> That's heavy, man. It's not what I concentrate on. No, no, man. I'd rather concentrate I on concentrate. <laughs> I try to concentrate on the brighter side. But th that, you know, that is an aspect of diving that we have to talk about. Yeah, though. yeah, you do. So you know what I did after my incident with my BC floating down the current? What's up? Bought a fucking whistle. <laughs> a whistle. A whistle and put it on your BC vest. Yeah, yeah. Man, that can save your life. You learn and you get better, right? Get That's better. Right. I should have had it on there to begin with. Yeah, um, you would have yeah. been in the back in the I've boat. been back in the boat shooting fish. Yeah. yeah. A whistle. Just a whistle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's crazy, man. So you were talking about, you know, coming down here and like you guys were going with Brett trying to shoot tuna and that was like a you know, a big that was a big annual thing. It was you know? a big, it was a big annual thing. thing yeah. it, was, it was what we did. And we had, a, we just had such a good time being out there on the water. And then after Mike was gone, we'd always have a drink for him out there, you know. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty crazy. How long did y'all keep that going? Is it still going? Well, see, now, me and, me and Brett talked about it yesterday. Nobody, nobody can go anymore. They, they're married. They have kids. Or they have work obligations, yeah. so it's like difficult to get those guys together again. Yeah. Those you gotta guys create, you gotta you gotta create another one, right? You gotta start. Yeah, another you know what we yeah. we could redo one time. What's that Coastal magazine? They took a picture of us lined up on the Venice Marina. We all had tunas. Like I must have been like seven of us wow. all standing there with our tuna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I would love to recreate that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that picture. It's actually pretty crazy because, like, I remember, you know, y'all going. I, I I wasn't. I was I was in Mississippi. I was not even anywhere down here at the time. But you guys had come down and y'all dove for like four or three or four days. And on the fourth day, you got them. Huh? Yeah, we got them on the last day. You know, that's... they went went that long without getting them. And then One it was thing like about two you couldn't you couldn't you can't pump the brakes once you get on them, right? You got four or five guys that yeah. How many guys did y'all have six? We had, well, that's one thing that makes it hard about tuna hunting when you have a lot of guys. A lot of guys in the water, then tuna gets spooked, you know. Yeah. Anything, man. Around. Anything. That's... You got to be, like, minimum as you can. Yeah, anything. But I, I want to say we had six or seven guys. Well, I'd have to look at the picture wow. again. But we all had our tuna, and we all worked our ass off for it. That's crazy, man. Like it's such a that's great like feeling. the the feeling of accomplishment. I, you yeah. know, I, that's that that it couldn't have happened any better. Because if it would have happened the first day, right, right, right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it would have been ruined. Huh? Yeah, a lot of times, man. You know, like I had a, a I don't know clients all the time, and whenever you have like a slow morning of fishing, and then you know you catch a couple, and then you end up slamming them at the very end. Those seem to be the best trips. Mm, Those yeah. seem to be the people that want to come back. You yeah. know what I mean? It just, yeah. it just seems that way. On a good Other note. people come back too, but like 
that the the people don't realize it a lot of times, but what you want is to put forth a lot of work and get that return, you know, that yes feeling when you finally, yeah. you know, get on. Yeah. It's so cool, man. Yeah. That's what I love about fishing, diving, the whole, the whole nine. Well, people always tell, ask me, um, how can you go down there with all that danger? And I'm like, it is so beautiful. If I let fear stop me from going, what a waste that was. Yeah. It's that beautiful. It's a thing people always say, you, you can't live in fear. You it's know? that beautiful. That's a really dark road to go down when you start living in fear. Whenever well, you that's like, where everybody's at now, I think. That's they're where it seems in, like they're all they're living pumping in fear. fear. They like to pump fear on us. They do, man. It's I true. But, like, it's so true the way that you get... But, like, you won't do anything if you if you keep down that road, you know? It's, it's right. like if you're scared of this, then you're scared of that, then you're scared of germs, then you're <laughs> scared of leaving your house all of a sudden, and you never go out and do anything. So, you can't be scared to live. you got to... You gotta try things. You gotta, I don't know, stay in your comfort zone, but maybe push the limp envelope every so often. Yeah, I'm sure not advocating somebody go down to a hundred when they never did that. Right, but, but it's you gotta you know, get comfortable. You know, you know your comfort zone. But. Just because you had kids, that doesn't mean you gotta stop diving. <laughs> you can still get out there. Take them with you. Hell yeah. Show them the safe way. That's it. <laughs> Show them the safe way, right? That's, that's what that's you That's how it was supposed to be. <laughs> well, man, we're coming right up on an hour right now. Um, I usually like to, we, I know we've talked a lot about, you know, conservation stuff already. As these podcasts seem to end up a lot of times, but, you know, we both talked about our, uh, the Seaspiracy documentary, you know, there's a lot on there or whatever, but, Man, maybe give us like your just a couple cents on like what conservation is, and you know maybe we can we'll touch on the Sea Spiracy documentary a little bit. But where where do you think that we should be moving towards as far as maybe within the diving community or the fishing community? You know, it's kind of a broad question, but just... it is. It's a tough one. <laughs> I mean, like I'm on the spot. Yeah. I wish I had an answer. I don't know. I don't know what to do. You know. I I. I there are some things I see that cannot be sustainable. Yeah. I mean, there's just no way. You got, and, and you know, you end up affecting people's livelihoods, their lives, and I, I don't have the answer. I don't know what to do. Yeah. I think everybody just, everybody should just have more awareness. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really strange because, like, I, as a guide, it's like you want to promote fishing, you want to promote, um, you know the, the podcast yeah. and all this stuff you want right we're all trying to progress we're trying to be right. better we're trying to make money we're trying to keep this thing going and it's like we keep we, we keep populating you know more and more and we keep more and more people are fishing and there's more and more of a need for guides and so it's like we need all we it's like we need everybody to kind of be on the same page page whenever it comes to what's too much or what's yeah what's acceptable or not I, and i don't know who sets those rules you know for a long time it's either. been the state and federal government um 
But I think like self-local policing could help a little bit or just changing the mentality behind the people. Changing the mentality will help. It's just going to take time. It takes a lot of I, time. I think one of the things we should be doing is trying to promote more fish sanctuary, more... More habitat. More right? habitat. Why? I mean, that seems like something that's pretty simple. Yeah. To, to create some places that fish would like to congregate and hang out and breed. Yeah. And, and I've said it on the podcast a few times for sure, but, you know, those rigs make more fish. Absolutely. I mean, you, you start a no nest and, and there's no doubt that they just make more fish. And I don't know why we keep taking these things out left and right, you know. It's just taking up the habitat that's made this place so great. Um well, I noticed some really thing, old yeah. rigs. I, I saw some really, really old rigs that were, like, rusting and falling apart. I can see taking that down, but there's got to be a way where you can still keep some kind of structure there. Uh, pour cement down the pipes. I don't know. You think that we Make should? Like, even if they're rusting away? like Well, you think... I mean, if you see one that's rusting, it looks really bad. It looks, oh, man, look at that. It's falling to pieces in the room. Right. Yeah. So I think maybe people aren't realizing some of that whenever they say, oh, they're jerking up all the rigs. Well, some yeah. of them probably needed to be jerked. And you might be, you're probably right, you know? Like, I'm just looking at it from like, oh, maybe my best spot, you know, just got pulled well, up, you know? And the best the, the best rigs are the old ones. Yeah, you know? exactly. But I've seen some that really look like they were fixing to fall over from rust, holes in the pipes and stuff. Yeah. So I can understand that yeah. eventually this rig is going to have to be replaced or something. It can't live here forever. Right. It's going to fall to the it's bottom. Gonna, yeah, it's going to go away. But so right. even if it does, that's a massive Still ball there. of something right. that's going to have fish. But the problem is, I think, what if it breaks only like three-quarters of the way and then a boat hits it? You know? Right, right. That would be like... That's the that's that's the real reason they keep yanking them up is because people uh, still have the liability, the liability. Yeah. of the of the rig. So I guess I, I would love to own one. Yeah, <laughs> man, I've joked about that a lot. Like the seven mile rig, if you could yeah. put a lodge out there, yeah, just helicopter people. In there, I'd go, badass, right? <laughs> I'd go put a casino. That's how you do it, man. You get the casinos involved in like Biloxi and stuff, and just she get can't. a helicopter and just. We slept on the charters rigs. from there. We slept on the rigs before. You're not supposed yeah. to. I've done that trouble. too, man. You you hang up uh, hammocks and stuff. Yeah, I hope I don't get in trouble. Pretty cool. Blade knew how to disconnect that beeper. Yeah, yeah, that's disconnect cool. that thing immediately. So usually, you get a uh, press the button like a two hour delay Maybe or whatever. So, something. And then uh, we set up our we, shit. We had barbecue pit. <laughs> set up our Eno Eno tents, Eno, yeah Eno tents and uh, barbecued and had sleeping bags and had a grand night. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Woke up like at sunrise, you know. It's calm. Everybody get on the boat. We gotta get off this rig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fun, how man. to do it. Yeah, good times. I did that a couple times growing up. Man. Good times, good times for sure. But um, man, like you know. I don't know. We talked. I guess I watched that Seaspiracy documentary, you know, recently, and one of the things that I kind of wanted to talk about was the fish farms. I don't know if this is going to change anything, but the fish farms they have to feed the fish food, and the food comes from other fish which are caught in the ocean. Right, right. Because fish eat fish. Fish eat fish. <laughs> so it's eat. like. 
fish. Jesus. <laughs> like, what do we do? You know, it's like we're depleting this source so we can make it salmon, turning this, you know, herring into salmon. But, you know, what do we do? And every day I see carcasses just get thrown, thrown away, you know. And other places of the world that I've been, they don't throw away carcasses like we do. What do they do? I don't know, man. They, they do all kind of stuff. I think they do. They make dog food or I don't know. They make cat food. They they figure out things to do. But the problem is, is we're so regulated to where we cannot like you can't sell fish unless you have a commercial license. Right. That's right, the dilemma. Right. What about but, like can you literally donate? hundreds and hundreds of pounds of fish carcasses? Can you donate carcasses? Can you donate your carcass? I mean, I don't know. They should be able to. If somebody, think, you know, dude, if somebody could make like a machine yeah. where you put the carcasses in at the top and then it grinds, it grinds them up them and up. then it comes out in a fish meal. A fish cake, yes. Like a like little, I don't know, whatever salmon are going to eat. Yeah. Like, well, doesn't that make sense? It makes, like, it makes, sense. It makes sense to me. Like, I don't know why we can't do that. You, you would either have to have an on-site place where yeah. the fish are right there or this truck thing that gathers yeah. them every day freezes them or whatever and then ships them back yeah but i would yeah. like to see like like if venice marina did that and like yeah we'll take your carcasses for you we're gonna make it into fish food you don't get any money for it and they can sell it but at least it's getting used yeah right right i would donate my carcass what am i gonna do with them throw, yeah. them, in the, throw, throw them in the river right <laughs> throw them in the river why not yeah. that i i seems like you'd have to start off real small and grow yeah. I don't know. There's just ideas. That's a good idea. Fish eat fish. Why not feed them? <laughs> feed them carcasses. Man, and I, and I want to be real clear to all the listeners out there that, are like, I don't, like, sometimes I feel like this just gets so negative, you know, talking about the amount of people that are fishing and just too much of that. And we're taking too much fish. Because there's enough of that, it seems like. There's enough of those types of documentaries and stuff going out. But the reality of the situation, my opinion, is we, get, we still have a great fishery. Uh, it seems to be sustainable to me. Like we've been taken out out of the waters for a long time now, and we're we're able to. We keep seeing, you know, three four year old fish. It's not like we're just taking and nothing's coming back. So I do think that you know our fishery is doing very well, and I think it's sustainable. I really do. Uh, I, I definitely do. I do here. I do here. Yeah. Hear. I think we back west. I think we got a little better fish because mm-hmm. we have less pressure. Less pressure, right? Because if you want to get to the same water that you have, five miles out, we got to go, you know, fifty. Right. So there's less pressure. There's less and pressure. Right? We have way less uh, platforms now. Yeah. So they're not getting hit, you know. Yeah, they're not getting getting hit so much so sense. i've always found it easier for me to dive where i'm from than here <laughs> first of all the current here is usually bitching yeah the water's always sketchy yeah but I'm sure you, you got a little bit more clean water out that way a little more. cleaner and less current but it seems like here you really don't know what could be coming up there could be like a monster like a world I know it's like fish. today we were literally five miles from land yeah and I saw a 20 saw, pound you saw dog snapper and nice freaking fish. tarpon and all kind of crap like that it's just yeah I was impressed with the tarpon yeah 
so fun diving with those things. Yeah, we it? got they let us get right on them because yeah, they couldn't man, see us either. right there. Yeah, <laughs> they couldn't see us. These either, things look so wild in the water. Just checking them out. Man. Yeah, yeah, man, it's good fun. Well, look, Jeff, um, I've never dove out in West Louisiana, so you got to, you got to come, man. Whatever. You got to come to Fisher oh, Tamer. I, I like to come a out tamer, there. I guess. I want to take a trip way out west, man. Like, somewhere way out there. Just do some exploring out there, man. I've always wanted to go out there. And I don't know. I kind of sank my teeth down here in Venice, you know. Yeah. You ain't <laughs> in a bad spot. I'm not in a bad spot. You ain't in a bad spot. I guess I always get in that adventure to go and, you know, do the next thing. Yeah. But, um. You you'll you can come with me with my buddy when we go out. Yeah. My veterinarian buddy with this boat. Cool, man. Holler at me. Let me know. Give me a couple weeks' notice and we'll make it happen. Yeah, we get into some nice ling, nice snapper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You have a good time. Sounds like a lot of fun, man. Well, um, Jeff, can't thank you enough for coming, man. I had a great time with you today. Thank you for sitting down and doing the podcast with me. Um means a lot. I've been meaning trying to get a diver on here for a while, so it's awesome. Man, I enjoyed the hell out of it, Polly. <laughs> good time. I, I had a good time. I had a blast. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Once again, guys, this is uh, Captain Paul Miller uh, with Mexican Gold Fishing Company. And today we are brought to you by Yellowfin Vodka. And uh, it's been tasting really good, wouldn't you say, Jeff? I'll say. <laughs> I'll say it's been going down pretty nice. It is, man. Definitely carried the conversation for us. Good so, job, uh, James. Good job, Jameson. Hell of a batch there, buddy. And uh, so go out to the store, guys. Grab you a bottle of this yellowfin vodka. See what all the hype's about. All righty. Thanks again, guys. Thanks for listening, everybody. Please give us a follow on Facebook or Instagram at Tunitown Talks. Also, if you'd like to book a charter with me, you can do so by visiting our website at mgfishing.com. That's Mexican Gulf website, where you'll find my online booking calendar with all my open baits. And remember, guys, always be safe while out on the water. Mm-hmm.